This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Chiefs go on the road and win. 27-24 over the Bills. They're headed to the AFC Championship game for a sixth straight season. But this will be the first time they'll be on the road for it. And the first time the Ravens have ever hosted an AFC Championship game. We'll get into that matchup specifically one hour from now. Also in the final hour here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll start to lean in on the NFC Championship matchup between the Lions and Niners as well in 20 minutes. We start to take a look at this coaching carousel and some questions about Belichick. Is it Atlanta or nothing? Uh, Harbaugh, Chargers or nothing? And the rest of the guys being uh, spun around in the old uh, coaching centrifuge, for lack of a better way to put it, to see where they end up landing alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. You can listen live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network and, of course, watch on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora. Jason, we didn't get our under in Bills Chiefs, but we got a hell of a game. And uh, you get the sense that Bills fans are just searching for the place to point the finger this morning. It's real easy and I think makes the most sense to just say, hey, your defense was really banged up, especially a linebacker. And – your guy missed the kick in the end. I, 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 that's not, I think, the the pound of flesh that Bills fans want this morning. But that's probably the the most logical way to go with it. I, I'm right there with you. Uh, could they have managed the the final, you know, drive a little better? Could they have gone empty and had Josh Allen attack a few, you know, rushing lanes and try to pick up another five, seven, nine yards? Absolutely. You know, could Stephon Diggs have caught that ball that went through his hands? Yeah, there still would have been a lot of time for Mahomes, but yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's a kick that you need. And the kicking game loomed large in a, a lot of these games this weekend, as the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and yeah, like, there's a difference between uh, Butker and, uh, you know, a, a Justin Tucker than what's left in in the field for some of these other teams or certainly what was still in the field, you know, as of this time yesterday. But the Chiefs were the better team. Chiefs deserved it. And, yeah, I think the Chiefs were the healthier team. The Chiefs were on more rest and they were healthier. And and I just think sometimes that these games are so close, the margins are so, so slim. You know, you're, you're, you're out of linebackers before the game starts, then you lose another one. You're, you're, playing corners who probably shouldn't maybe be playing, but you have no other choice and it's all hands on deck. And then you look at a chief's offense, right? That has eight plays of 20 yards or more. And a lot of those were at the expense of linebackers or corners. Jason, do you lean more chiefs are back? 
playing their best ball the most important time of the year? Or do you lean, like you just said, Bills, injuries on defense piling up. Last week, Dolphins, similar situation. Ton of injuries on that side of the ball, no pass rushers. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, the Dolphins thing I have a hard time comparing to because that they just weren't, you know, like they, they weren't up for it. They weren't going to win that game. They weren't going to score any points unless they hit big plays because they just didn't seem to be a whole lot of want and will to kind of um, matriculate the ball down the field. They got one big play. It led to their, you know, the score. But but that was that. I mean, this was way more of a ball game. These were two even teams. These were two highest level quarterbacks. Tua's not there for me. And Tua without a full supporting cast and the full, you know, sprint team, the full, you know, whatever, four by 400 meter team all available to him. Forget about it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just tough. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a Bills fan. It, it's just, yeah, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, they win those games. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is 13-3 and three in the playoffs now. Like, <laughs> it's a thing, you know? Like, the, the league in the salary cap era, uh, especially the last 25, 30 years, has tended to sort of have this, right? We don't think of the NFL with super teams the way we do in the NBA and players aren't, you know, recruiting each other maybe to the same degree. But, like, there's been – right there were kind of like four quarterbacks, right? It was Manning, Brady, it, it's Big Ben um, for so long. Flacco jumped in there, you know what I mean, like had his moment. But, like, everybody else is trying to, like, get in there, you know. And now Mahomes is picking right up where Brady left off at six straight championship games. Like, it, it's nuts. So that's a whole different animal. Like, that's just a different thing. To knock them off in the playoffs is just a different thing. And, right, the Bengals did it, and then they came a couple minutes away from backing it up with a Super Bowl. But they couldn't. I, I just think the AFC remains a, a just – it's such a gauntlet. And you, you're, you're going to need to be pretty close to perfect to beat this, this, this Mahomes – Reed thing with the season on the line and the bills weren't close, weren't perfect enough, right? The field goal, the the decision to go for the um, fake punt and then a couple of drops, right? I mean, that, those are miscues. You can't, maybe you could get by with one or two of those, but not four or five. And you count all the drops. We're, we're into, you know, a half dozen or more. I wanted to ask you about, you know, the coaching vacancies and a lot of these coordinators who are interviewing, and we were talking about it last week. Could this be a distraction? Would they be prepared enough? I thought maybe we saw a little bit of that with uh, Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, but I wanted to see like what your takeaways were. Did you notice any of these coordinators being a little distracted? Do you think that's even a thing? I think it's a thing. There's 24 hours in the day and you're, um, you're at the pinnacle for most of these guys of their assistant coaching career, preparing for the biggest game of their coaching lives. At the same time, they're trying to navigate the greatest opportunity of their individual professional career, which is being seemingly on the cusp, especially for a Ben Johnson and as many people are tugging at him of the culmination of a lifelong dream to be an NFL head coach, something not many people have accomplished. So, 
you can't tell me that there's not a duality there. You can't tell me that you're not being pulled in different ways, that you're not, you know, sitting there having a little bit of internal conflict about every hour I spend, right, preparing for this interview is an hour I'm not spending preparing for, you know, the in this case, the Bucks or, the, you know, who, whomever, um, the, the, the Texans, whatever it may be. There's no perfect solution to this unless you push it all back till after the Super Bowl. And, and maybe that is what should happen, you know? And, and you know, maybe the draft should come before free agency and maybe they should rethink a lot of things in the off-season calendar. I, I don't know how open-minded these owners are going to be about it. And make no mistake, it's not Roger Goodell who decides these things. It's not the competition committee. It's the owners. And what is their appetite for it? I do like the way they've they've added some layers to this, right? And you've got to wait to get face-to-face with some of these guys. Now you've got to wait again to get a second face-to-face with guys who are still coaching in it right now. Um, And I think we're going to have to become a little more accustomed to, like, it's not like it used to be Black Monday, and then by the following Monday, most of those jobs are filled. Like, there's, there's, they've changed this in terms of how many people you need to interview to comply with the Rooney Rule and with when you can get your audiences with these guys. And depending on how many of the hot candidates or the hottest candidates are still coaching in the final four, it, it's going to um, necessarily make this process uh, take a little longer, which shouldn't be a big, like, I, I don't think that's a big deal. Like, these are really important jobs. A lot of these teams treat these searches like they're not important jobs, like these aren't, you know, five, 10, 15, $20 million employees who have the greatest impact on all your other highest play, paid employees when you go out there to play games that really matter. Um, but But it is significant. So, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it, but yes, it's going to leave teams in limbo into February, which again, they don't play again until September. So I don't think it's a big deal. Well, yeah, I think it, it you know, and not to get too deep into the weeds on the process here, Jason, but like I, the NFL has become great at finding a tentpole event for basically every month of the year. Yeah. Right? Uh, and if you make February about, you know, the back half of February, first week of March about the hiring process, push it all back until then, you know, keep the content machine uh, churning. And then once that's all taken care of, everybody goes off to the combine. And then, you know, we're talking about uh, all that in in the buildup to a draft. And then, like you said, put free agency after it. I mean, they already dominate the landscape. But, I mean, if they're they're looking to – they're already a a 12-month-a-year venture too. But it would add another sort of tentpole event um, to, to the calendar, I guess, as it were, for late February early March. But as we're talking about it, I know we talked about this just a little bit yesterday morning on BetMGM game day, uh, plug, plug, um, every Sunday morning from eight to 11. Um, but it, Belichick only really is, is it Atlanta or nothing for him? Like, is that realistic that when we look up in March, Bill Belichick doesn't have a job? Well, I always, again, um, been talking to a lot of people way smarter than I am who run NFL teams who, um, are top, high-end coaching agents who work for people who run NFL teams, all those different buckets. And they didn't see a clear path to a job for Bill Belichick. Like of the ones we expected to open. And again, I'm talking about like, as I started sizing this up in the middle of October and then again around Thanksgiving. And then again, with a few weeks left in the regular season of the ones that were obvious choices to open these gentlemen did not see they didn't see a match. 
Now, like the one I think is the best match is Philadelphia, which again, like if if they, you know, if they decided five minutes from now that, yeah, forget putting a staff together for Sirianni. Let's just bring in Belichick staff. Like I wouldn't be surprised. It actually, I think would make a whole hell of a lot more sense than trying to prop up Nick Sirianni right now. Um, but like that one I could see for a multitude of reasons. But like Atlanta, there's no recent history of winning. Like he he's people he's not going to enjoy being in the building with Rich McKay every day. I don't care what other people are trying to tell you about that. Um there's no quarterback. It's it's not a great roster. Um like he's gonna go to Atlanta? Like I, I really be out of just pure desperation to try to chase this record. And like there has to be a part of him thinking, my God, what if I go seven and ten in Atlanta? Like, what if I do what Arthur Smith did? What does that say about my coaching legacy? Like, I, I think he should go somewhere and be a football czar. I mean, he's gonna be his age 72 season. Like he's had a full lifetime um in the NFL. He's been at this 50 years. Like But we'll see. I don't think anything else is like it is what it is. I mean, as much as we're saying the process is different now, most of these teams have known since Thanksgiving they were probably firing their guy. Many of them fired him in season. The rest fired them within a week after the season, and it is what it is. Like, I I don't think somebody's laying in the weeds and saying, yeah, we want to wait till the conference finals to talk to Bill Belichick. Why? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the market was always going to be limited. I think the market is limited. And if it was a slam dunk between him and Atlanta, it had been over by now. Are we going to see ones again, just like last year, one seat on each side, big advantage, only team with the bye. And uh, that's what we would have with San Francisco and Baltimore. I mean, right. There's, we've watched this whole season play out and all year the conversation has been, or, you know, at least the second half of the season, who's better Baltimore or San Francisco. And we all look towards that game and one team showed up and another one didn't. Uh, But the NFC is watered down and yeah, I mean, look, I think we talked about it here weeks ago. Like, we talked about playoff futures, and I'm like, look, I do think the Rams and the Lions could go to Santa Clara and beat the 49ers, and that's before the playoffs started. Like, Brock Purdy, the last four games. I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, Brock Purdy versus the Blitz since the Baltimore game. 8 of 13, 173 yards, no touchdowns, four picks, 73.4 rating. Brock Purdy since the Baltimore game versus pressure, 61.1 rating. Brock Purdy overall since the Baltimore game, 79.4 rating. That doesn't include the pick six and the, you know, and the other pick that should have happened in that game. Like, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know, guys. Do you see Chase Young and Nick Bosa taking over games? Nick Bosa's got pressure less than 13% of the time the last month of the season. Uh, he doesn't have a sack in that span. Chase Young, 8% pressure rate, half a sack. Hargrave, 9% pressure rate, one sack. Kinlaw has three pressures in his last four games. Like, that's the D-line. Detroit's got a fighting chance. Detroit Catch can run Sunday them. Morning. I think Detroit can throw on them. Jason LaCanfora, our Odyssey NFL insider, joins us every Monday right here 
on BetQL Daily. And like I said, Sunday mornings, BetMGM countdown gets you ready game day uh, with Pam Maldonado and me filling in for Joe. Oh, how, how'd that work out? Uh, coming up, <laughs> more on that NFL coaching carousel. And in the final hour, we preview these championship games. We get it moving here on BetQL Daily. is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, Chris Mack with the guys here today on BetQL Daily. In the final hour of the show, we start to dig in on these championship game matchups. Maybe a little rigatoni for lunch. I don't know. We'll see. You can listen live coast to coast on the BetQL network, presented by BetMGM. Uh, yeah, we got off on a tangent during the break. Um, you guys obviously weren't privy to the conversation, but we'll bring you into it now. I first had to explain how somehow we were at a softball cash bash that um, nobody thought to turn the TVs onto the football game. Like, it's 5 o'clock, people are walking through the door, and I'm dying knowing that there's a remote on the other side of the building if I can just get my hands on it so I can see what's going on with the Ravens and the Texans. And uh, I ended up doing that. Uh, but then, I, I'm yeah, look. Excuse- I'm basically looking for ideas because right now it's the fundraiser is Coach Joe emails all the degenerates he knows and fills up three Super Bowl square sheets. That's basically well, what that's, the fundraising. is That's now. a whole hell of a lot easier, Joe, than the, than the cash back <laughs> for everybody. Like, for yeah. everybody, like <laughs> nobody's calling out raffle ticket numbers every ten minutes. Nobody's putting together the booze basket or the Pirates basket or the Steelers basket or you know, mm. the lawn care basket, like every, you know, every bad kind of basket you can think of. Um, and then, you know, nobody's searching for the best deal on six, you know, giant pans of rigatoni and fried chicken. <laughs> oh, I've heard people. about this rigatoni for about an hour yeah. and a half. It had to be good. So which, which basket did not sell? I'm not um, asking – well, maybe I'm asking because you said Pirate's Basket. But which you, one was like <laughs> – got no, got no traction? You know, I wasn't keeping track of that. I was working the door, right? Like I'm checking people's yeah. names and numbers off. They, there were no names. <laughs> Whoever organized this list, I've got uh, – I'll throw them into BetQL court next week because there were no names. There were just numbers loosely organized. Um, somebody clearly did not take their Excel class in college. Um, but anyway, I'm sitting there trying to check off <laughs> ticket numbers as people walk through the door and yeah, it, it, I did not keep track of the raffle baskets. I know we put a, t- a ticket in for the booze basket. It did not win, which is ah. good. Cause we're, we're trying to pull off dry January in this house and I'm failing miserably. Oh so. no. Why? Come on. Why? I'm it's, it, I'm supporting my wife. She has gone 21 <laughs> days without alcohol. She's drinking sparkling water in fancy wine glasses just to get the feel. Um, oh, and me, I like that. me, I, I put away like six Jack and Cokes the other night, and I'm just like, yeah, let's try January. Let's go. And <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all moral support at this point, right? Like, I did my best, but it's out the window when you got a cash bash. And uh, so it's all. I hate it's, sparkling Jack water. Jack and Coke is strong. I like Jack it, and Coke. It catches up to you. Yeah. Go back and look at the clips from BetMGM game day lit. yesterday morning. It, it, it catches up to you later. Ask Lock and Four how I looked yesterday morning. It catches up. Um, so, yeah, it was a weekend. Uh, maybe it's a weekend where, you know, you didn't 
You didn't win anything at the cash bash like the Texans and the Packers, but you still feel okay about things going forward. Maybe you lost and you feel like a loser like Bills fans this morning. We've broken those games down. And like I said, we'll get into the championship game matchups in the third and final hour. Let's take a look at some of the statistical leaders because there are markets on that. And um, there are some that I think seem fairly straightforward. Like Amon Ross St. Brown is behind Romeo Dobbs by, what is it? I'm going to do quick math in my head here, like 47 yards for postseason receiving leaders. He's at 187 to Dobbs is 234. Rasheed Rice is next at 177. It feels like this is Amon Ra's to win as long as, because Rasheed Rice, for what it's worth, didn't look 100% late last night either, Joe. Like he was hobbling off to the sidelines a couple times, but that's one where the Lions only go so far as Goff to St. Brown goes, I think, on offense. So, what if the two favorites win? And mm-hmm. we're talking about Ravens Niners. Right. Do does Amon Ra have a chance? Does Romeo Dobbs have a chance? Your leader with 234, like the next guy you go down to if it holds San Francisco Baltimore. We're down to Kittle? Really? Kittle. Yeah, at 81 yards. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. So it's probably going to be a there's a good chance it's someone that's not in the Super Bowl if the two favorites win, right? I would think, yeah. I mean, that's why St. Brown makes the most sense because Kittle's, Kittle's 106 yards behind Amon Ra right now. Right now. So he's got to have, what, a couple of 80-yard games and Amon Ra's got to go, like, less than 65 this week if favorites hold, right? Um, so I don't – now, that's the prescription probably if San Francisco wants to win the final two games Kittle having productive days is a part of it. Um, But yeah, it's odd that we're at this spot where I guess it's not odd because the favorites are the one seeds and the one seeds have only played one game, but they are as far behind as they are. Aaron. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I would, the problem is with the Niners, it's just so hard to pick like where, the volume is going, you know, in terms of uh, picking someone from the Niners. I think that would be where I would well, look, but that's if, tough. If to Debo's out, if Debo's out, you know, do you get, does Ayuk go off? You know, is that a possibility or is it more about spreading it around again the, to CMC and Kittle and everybody else? Um, like if, if Ayuk had a game, um, without any Debo available, and they won, well, all of a sudden, I could make a huge leap and be right there nipping at Amon Ra's heels, maybe. And and But Dobbs being the leader with 234 right now is, obviously, he's not going anywhere. It would take, Amon Ra St. Brown would have to be an absolute non-factor on Sunday night, and the Lions lose for this to really open up, I think. Um, beyond those two or Rasheed Rice, if he stays, if he's really a hundred percent, if he's really healthy. Yeah, ba- based on the the names up top, I think this is a really interesting market. We'll talk about this week when we get numbers everywhere. I would look at Ayuk. That that's the route that I would go. But I'd also think in my head, I'm chasing two fifty with Amon Ra. He's going to do something probably going to be around 75 if he doesn't snap like that'll probably be the number you're chasing but I'm going in with the assumption that the Lions 
biggest underdog on Championship Sunday, they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl, right? So, right. But if the Lions win, St. Brown's winning this. Like he's going to run away with it. Yeah. So I uh, would look at that. Rushing leaders, Pacheco's at 186 right now. Um, Lamar, 100 yards on the ground in their first game. Jameer Gibbs, 99. CMC, 98. Um, Pacheco, I think, is I, – I don't, I don't know where else you go because of the head start that he has with a game under his belt ahead of Lamar and yeah. CMC. Um, and you, you, I just don't trust that – Detroit's necessarily going to go in a certain direction on the ground game if they go anywhere at all on the ground. Um, so Pacheco seems, I don't want to say a shoe in, but mm-hmm. like if he just has an 80 yard game, uh, let's say, well, let's even dial it back. Let's dial it back to like 70 yards on Sunday in Baltimore. Okay. We're up over 250 now. And maybe McCaffrey, if he has a couple of really productive games in the conference championship and in the Super Bowl, like I could see that. Uh, but I don't. Lamar's not going to go for a hundred on the ground every week, Joe. No, he's <laughs> not. But if he gets that extra game, that could be the difference, right? Yeah. Like I would, I'd probably look mm-hmm. at the the NFC side. Okay, which team's going to win? Can CMC ca- catch Pacheco's? He's back eighty-eight. Absolutely. CMC could go on Sunday for one fifty, or in the Super Bowl for one fifty, and then he then he zooms past him. So again, it's what do you, what a lot of this is handicapping what you think the result is going to be on Sunday. Exactly. Like, okay, that extra game makes all the difference. And rushing touchdowns, that's completely up for grabs. There's a million well, guys. That's that's where I really yeah. like Lamar all of a sudden. Like, I mean, yeah. two in one game. Um, I would if if the Ravens are winning, I think he's getting at least one on the ground, right? Um, and Lamar and CMC each have two. Those are guys that I like there because I would hope Shanahan remembers that McCaffrey is uh, a key against Detroit um, to sort of dictating the pace in that game. But as for Lamar, I mean, that's uh, him with two touchdowns now being right there with McCaffrey. I love Lamar to get because I do think the Ravens beat the Chiefs right now anyway and and move on Mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl, which is obviously stuff we'll talk about throughout the week. But I like Lamar mm-hmm. to get a couple more cracks at this, Aaron. Yeah. And the fact that he already has two, I mean, he's not mm-hmm. far off. So uh, Allen has three, Aaron Jones has three. So he's right there. If you think the Ravens are going to be in the Super Bowl, I think Lamar is a good look. There's just, you know, if they go to the Super Bowl and we're sitting here talking about that, that MVP race, it's really hard seeing the Ravens win the Super Bowl. And I know it's usually the quarterback, but it's really hard seeing the Ravens getting it done and not being Lamar, Super Bowl MVP. Like, how yeah. how does that happen? Mm-hmm. I agree. Like what? You it have doesn't happen one, one guy on defense that has multiple pick sixes? Like, yeah. is that how you do it? Because I don't see how the Ravens win the Super Bowl and it's not Lamar. Yeah, it's it, – it's impossible, I think, Aaron. Like that's like I I don't call it the Lamar Jackson revenge tour just because it's a funny little thing to say. It's because like again, this is this dude not throwing the team on his back. That's not the right way to put it. But like you know, you, you lose Mark Andrews for the final third of the season or whatever it was. Looks like he might be back on Sunday. We'll see. Um, but like all these things that could have worked against them in prior years, or you know the, the injuries in the secondary have worked against them in prior years. 
it's it Lamar is like the one I, I guess bastion in the middle of all of it that's like that's okay. I mean, we, we got Lamar. And I don't know if they've ever felt like that this late in the year before where, well, yeah, I mean, if we're going to do anything, it's going to be because of Lamar. And and, and that's, it, it's, it's one game this postseason, but it already feels like, I don't want to wash away everything that's happened with Lamar and the Ravens in his career in the postseason to this point, but another win yeah. and to do it against Mahomes and to, to take them to a Super Bowl because of it, like that's where you go, okay, we can change the Lamar Jackson postseason narrative now look anywhere else for a Super Bowl MVP than Lamar. I mean, the, uh, unless Lamar got injured early and it's Tyler Huntley, I don't see any other way that he's not winning it. Yeah. As for quarterback numbers, though, Baker uh, leads in both passing yards and by a, a decent margin over Jared Goff by like 122 yards. He's also got six passing touchdowns. Uh, Jordan Love is right behind him at four, but again... Those guys both out of it. Goff and Mahomes each have three. I still like Goff to at least catch Baker in touchdowns, and I think definitely catch him in yards. Because if, even if Detroit doesn't win Sunday night in San Francisco, Joe, like that's it's that's the offense. It's Goff. It's Amon Ross St. Brown, like we talked about earlier. That's it. Um, it it's finding Laporta underneath. It's Gibbs on dump-offs or Montgomery. You know, it's it's Goff. That's the offense. Oh, man. So I think this is going to come down to Purdy versus Goff. Goff with 564. Let's say he has at least, I don't know, two and a quarter, closer to 250. Like that's a big number you're chasing. Purdy with 252 on Sunday. Even if he gets that extra game, there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to catch Goff at around, you know, 800, maybe a little bit over 800. It's going to be difficult. That was my first reaction. You just go Purdy. But if the Chiefs win, it's probably going to be Mahomes. Mahomes has got 477. He's a little over 200 behind Baker. He's also trailing golf by a little bit. I think my biggest issue is there's just been like no value on Niners and Ravens in any market this entire season. And then it's like you got to look at the Chiefs or the Lions because it's like, I was looking, I'm like, I've got nothing on the Niners because they've been the favorites for like everything and every market. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. I bet Bosa for MVP at a hundred, but like, do I, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe. I don't know. Look, man, it's in the script. Super Bowl logo, purple and yeah. red. Like we've known it. Here they are. The one seeds. They win over the weekend. Like I, yeah. I mean, that's right. We'll talk about those games, but I keep going back yeah. to that. It's like with all of these markets, it's about what you think the result is going to be on Sunday, which teams are going to be playing in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because that's, that's the inherent advantage. Obviously they're going to get the extra game. Um, I just, I can see the chiefs winning in Baltimore, despite Mahomes not going off for, you know, 250 300 right like Mahomes can have 180 190 yard day in the air and maybe Pacheco has a big day on the ground and maybe Lamar does revert to postseason Lamar form even though I don't think that's going to happen um that's a possibility it's not totally impossible and you know the Chiefs win and they move on but it's not because Mahomes uh stacked up a bunch of stats that's I think still 
a distinct possibility. Alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, Chris Mack in today here on BetQL Daily. We are live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. Take us with you today and every day on the BetQL Network, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it. It's free. As Joe alluded to there a second ago, final hour of the show, we will get into these championship game matchups, plus our lightning bets. And coming up next, we talked to Jason Lockenfora about it just a little bit. We dive back in to the NFL coaching carousel and some numbers on that. Next, right here on BetQL Daily. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack hanging out today with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, and wherever you may be in the world on that Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y, it's free. Download it today. Take us with you. You can rewind as well to segments you may have missed. You know they get posted as a podcast later too, right? You knew that. Yeah, I know you knew that. Find it inside your Odyssey app as well, or wherever you get your podcasts. And watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL and on YouTube as well. In 20 minutes, we start to dive into breakdowns of these championship games. Uh, AFC first, Kansas City getting three and a half, three in some spots uh, at Baltimore, Sunday, three Eastern kick, and the NFC championship game 20 minutes after that, Lions, six and a half, seven in spots at San Francisco or at Santa Clara, I guess, to play the San Francisco 49ers, Sunday night, 6.30 Eastern kick. Lightning bets to wrap up the show as well so Nick Sirianni he's seemingly as safe as you can be um firing his coordinators um he's still got his job which eliminates Philadelphia as a possibility on the coaching carousel last week we had uh Antonio Pierce getting firmed up in Vegas that's taken care of Max Crosby is happy as are most of the guys in the Raiders locker room that leaves half a dozen openings still Atlanta, where we got done talking about Bill Belichick a little bit ago with Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. That seems like uh, maybe a Falcons or nothing bid for Belichick. He's He's got to get at least one, if not two more years in to break Shula's all-time wins record. Seems like Harbaugh is L.A. or Ann Arbor. I don't know if any other spots are really making sense. Or I know he's interviewed in Atlanta, um, but Harbaugh, Chargers, or back to Michigan. And then you've got Seattle and Tennessee, which I think each is attractive in its own way. Seattle's got talent on offense, even if quarterback is still kind of, you never know with Geno what you're going to get from Geno. Tennessee quarterback's definitely up in the air. um, And there are other issues there. And then you got Washington and uh, Carolina. Um, You've got all these (laughs) names in the mix. Uh, Slowick, Quinn, McDonald, we talked about Ben Johnson earlier and the impact he's had on the Lions offense. Maybe Aaron Glenn is in there as well because uh, I 
I don't know. Do you hire the guy that's run Detroit's defense though, as your head coach? Um, let, let's try and, I don't know, see if we can match these up just a little bit, Aaron, with who ends up going where. Um, we didn't even mention Mike Vrabel yet. Um, that's the other next big domino, I would think, that falls after Belichick and Harbaugh. If Belichick lands in Atlanta, and let's say Harbaugh doesn't, decides he doesn't want to go to L.A. for whatever reason, wants to head back to Ann Arbor. Vrabel to L.A. makes a ton of sense, I think. But I don't know if... Maybe the next best is Seattle. If you're an established head coach like Vrabel and you want to go someplace, you're not interested, I don't think, in cleaning up a mess in Washington or an even bigger mess in Carolina. Yeah, I just saw that uh, Commanders also interviewed Biennemi for the head coaching mm-hmm. job. But my reaction makes- was like, they're just, maybe they're just kind of checking off boxes. It seemed like that wasn't working here with the players, remember, in training camp. Oh, there is the story about how he was too hard on them because he was yelling a lot. So I would be surprised, but it kind of seems like because we're in this little bit of a lull and we're waiting for the Harbaugh and Belichick thing to happen, that maybe some of these other teams are, you know, just kind of doing their due diligence until they can see, you know, who is on their checklist that's still available and go after them. So I think Harbaugh will stay at Michigan, probably Belichick to Falcons, but I'm not sure I love that. Um, But where else is he going to go? Vrabel, I'm really not sure. Ben Johnson, I think that's the other big one that I'd be waiting to see where he goes, you know, because that's, he seems to be the hot commodity, Joe. Yep, for sure. If Washington wanted Biennemi, they had more information on Biennemi than anyone. They wanted him. You fire Rivera middle of the season. See if he can pull an Antonio Pierce, right? We went to job, went to team over, all that. They didn't give him that opportunity. I think you're right. They're just checking a box. If you look at the odds, I'm surprised at how high Belichick to Atlanta is. It's minus 400. Minus 400 favorite for Belichick to Atlanta. So that's fascinating. If the Falcons go somewhere else, where does Belichick land? The Harbaugh Chargers one is minus 300. So, obviously, the market is screaming. Like, these are the two spots. The biggest thing that stands out to me right now in this coaching carousel, guys, is I like what Atlanta's doing. Like there are A bunch of these teams are, are making some confusing moves. I don't know why they're talking to this person or that person. Maybe checking a box seems like wasted time in other instances. But like Atlanta, so they bring in Ben Johnson last night to get that second interview in before the week closes so they could do that. They talked to Slowick yesterday, too. Uh, they've they've uh, been meeting, I think, with Vrabel and Harbaugh, and we know they met Belichick for the second time on Friday. Raheem Morris, they're talking to everybody. They're talking to all the hot names that everybody wants intel from. Not all the teams are doing that. Like, I blanket blanket company they're running this exactly how i would want my team to run it like tennessee i don't know what they're doing aaron glenn seriously um no and then yesterday they talked to david shaw like what there's no chance (laughs) if 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 i'm the titans if if i'm amy strunk like Bobby Slowick's the guy. Like, this is the week to get it yeah. done, too. I let the Falcons and the Chargers play with the, the the older, experienced guys. Have fun with that. I have no idea 
who my quarterback is. I think it's maybe Levis going forward, but I got Willis over here too. And who knows what the third spot is. Maybe we bring in an experienced veteran to kind of help both of them along. If we're not interested in bringing Tannehill back or Tannehill's not interested in coming back, but I bring in a guy who just tutored CJ Stroud to one of the best rookie campaigns for an NFL quarterback in the last, what, 10, 15 years. I bring that guy in. Mm -hmm. I bring that guy in to work with Will Levis and, Maybe pull something out of Malik Willis as well. Who knows? But that's the direction I go, and I do it this week. I don't sit around and wait for to see if Belichick is maybe or Harbaugh. No, do it this week. Get Slowick done. He's wide open now. I think it's it's got to be Bobby Slowick week, whether it's Tennessee or Seattle. If I'm him, knowing that I'm a hot commodity, I'm not racing to accept any kind of offer from Washington or Carolina. I'm just not like. If if those are the only two offers that were to come in, I'd be like, nah, you know what? I got C.J. Stroud. Maybe I go back okay. and I'm an O.C. with a raise next year in Houston. Okay, let's play this game. Um, is Belichick getting a job? Yeah, I think it's Atlanta. It has to be Atlanta. Aaron? Uh, I'm going to say no. No. I'm going to say there's nothing that's – sexy enough for him right now and he decides to pass because he doesn't want to look like a loser he could pass for one year he could take a year off yeah um harbaugh is he coaching in the nfl i i don't think spanos throws enough money at him i think i'm leaning no right now it's it's not just money for him it's money for the entire staff right like if harbaugh's getting paid what are his assistants getting paid, right? And he's going to want to bring right. a bunch of guys with him. He's going to want to hand pick and hand choose that staff and get the get his guys paid. I, look, it, maybe it's a tired old trope, but Spanos, I don't know if he's putting up the money for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm leaning no. So, I'm, yeah, I, he might. Uh, me too. Okay, so that'd be interesting if the two biggest names don't get a landing spot. But uh, it sounds like we all agree that Ben Johnson's getting a job. He's getting a job in this cycle. It's just a matter of which one he decides on. But, like, if you think Belichick and Harbaugh are getting gigs, like the odds suggest, and Ben Johnson's getting the gigs, now that's three out of six taken, and we haven't gotten mm-hmm. a variable. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. there's going to be someone that might surprise that doesn't get a job. Everyone has been connecting Seattle to Dan Quinn all along. If he doesn't get Seattle, does anybody want him? Not after that last game. It's kind no, of hard I to don't. forget about that. I don't. He shot himself in the foot with that one. They, I think we're going to be surprised by a name or two that don't get a job, even though you have so many openings as as things start to close. Um, Slowick, is Slowick getting a job? I don't know. It's a slam I, dunk. If he wants one, yeah. I mean, But yeah. like I said, the only reason he doesn't want one is if it's David, you know, Wild ass David Tepper coming along and, and and slamming things on a table. I mean, I don't want to deal with that in my first head coaching gig. Do I want to deal with Washington in my first head coaching gig and new ownership? Uh, no, thanks. No. I, I'll, I'll take a more stable organization in Seattle or even if they're cheap, L.A. or Atlanta, right? Like that, those are the ones I want if I'm slow. And if I don't get one of those ones, then like I said, I have no problem going back to Houston for another year. The, the interesting thing yeah. to me is nobody talks about McDonald. Like of all these all these hot names, like nobody's talking about him. Uh Raheem Morris is getting a lot of interviews. Maybe he finds a landing spot too. Yeah. But 
I thought McDonald interviewed with the commanders, didn't he? Yeah, but like, not every team's not talking to him. Like he's only done, I think, yeah. a couple interviews. And he makes a ton, ton of sense for any of these right. teams. Like right. I, I don't, I so it, I, I, I just would dread being in a position of say Carolina or Washington. Like Washington, you can explain some of the dysfunction away. Like, hey, we're in charge now. Don't worry. New day, right? We're turning the page. It's okay. Uh, but still, you don't have any track record to really back that up. In Carolina, even worse, it's, no, I've had a couple of years to try and put my plan in place, but I'm an utter disaster, and the plan is a disaster like me. Who wants to come work for me? Uh, no, thanks. I'm good, Dave. Uh, I'm good. Uh, I- there's, there's a couple spots where I'm not convinced that they're going to upgrade. Like Seattle, they pushed Carroll out the door. And they're talking to people that I didn't even know their names. I'm like, why are you talking to Mike Kafka? What? And th- there were some yeah, other yeah, names. I'm like, I don't even know that guy. And why are you pushing Carroll out the door to, like you talked about, Dan Quinn's the one that everybody has buzz on Seattle about. Yeah. Like, you're pushing Carroll out the door to bring in Dan Quinn? Yeah. Really? That doesn't make a ton of sense either. We'll keep an eye on the coaching carousel as it progresses. I like Lock and Fora's idea. Let's just put it at the end of the season. Let us focus on the games, yeah, which we will do like next. That. Conference championship games. In 20 minutes, we get into Lions, Niners, and the NFC championship. In five minutes, AFC championship. Chiefs, Ravens, alongside Joe and Aaron. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.